host, Matt Alkiza, joined as always by my friend, Ian Black. Ian, how are you? Yo, 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 man. How you doing? Uh, good. So you got the St. Louis Cardinals shirt on, I just realized. Are you are you a Cardinals fan? No, I'm actually a Braves fan, but my mom lives mm. outside of St. Louis, and when she took me to a game, I couldn't help but get a Yadier Molina jersey shirt. Yeah, that's fair. You can't tell, but I'm wearing a Toronto Raptors uh, championship shirt, so we're <laughs> nice. both... Big Raptors guy. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Um Fun fact about me, if you're listening to this, I am in the process of collecting some sort of sports memorabilia, whether it's a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hat, um, whatever, of every professional sports team in the country. So slowly working at wow. that goal. Yeah, That's awesome. Heck yeah. I didn't even know you were doing that. That's sweet. Yeah, I started a couple of years ago. I, I just love random sports stuff. I mean, I have the teams that I support, obviously, Panthers, Hornets, Braves, Yankees. Um, but yeah, just always looking to find new random sports things so what's the, what's the best piece of sports uh stuff you own best shirt hat whatever what you got uh i really do like this shirt i have three of these i got for the last couple of championships i'm gonna show you ian nobody on the listening can see it it's like character caricatures of the nba champions so i have oh that's cool yeah i have the raptors the lakers uh and the bucks i didn't get one this year but yeah team characters i think they're kind of cool um but yeah. some some of my favorite stuff, I have just a lot of um, like old sweatshirts, some vintage like NFL sweatshirts that are pretty cool, I think at least. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. So there's a little window into my personal life. Um, my personal life would be a little bit better if the Panthers did not lose on Sunday. Uh, before we get into talking about the Giants game, we didn't have a chance to record a post-game podcast on Sunday night. Uh, that'll be the plan going forward. But, Ian, we're, what, 72 hours from the end of that game on Sunday? You fell asleep right after it, um, from what you told me. I so did. I feel like I feel like you probably weren't in the greatest mood. So, yeah, overall thoughts? <laughs> how, how were yeah, you feeling after little, Cleveland? a little under the weather, and that game did not make it feel any better. Um, mm. there, was, there was a lot of encouraging stuff as the game went on, but I don't think I've ever been had the wind sucked out of me so quickly as the first quarter of this season sucked the wind out of me. Um, those first five drives, uh, punt, 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 interception, punt, uh, that that was really hard to watch. Uh, it, it got a little better from there, but even when it got a little better, it it, it didn't really feel that sweet, you know? Like, it, it didn't feel like the Panthers deserved to be as close as they did in that game. And... Uh, Maybe that's made the loss a little easier. Who knows? I don't know. But it was gross for sure. Yeah, it felt like I was watching Iowa play for the first quarter. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that's truly what it felt like between the fumbled snaps, the lack of imagination and play calling. I don't know. The first hour and a half of that game just felt like it dragged on. And it was the last game in the 1 o'clock window to go to halftime. And it was not an interesting game. You know, I, I feel like the games that take the longest are ones that are high scoring and there's a lot of timeouts from like them having to, you know, like stop the play before kickoffs. But man, it was a long, long game and not one that was incredibly fun to watch until the last 45 minutes of real time. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was definitely a slog at first, but it, it did pick up in the second half. Uh, they seemed to get some stuff going. They decided that moving the ball vertically towards the end zone instead of horizontally uh, perpendicular towards the way that you should be moving 
so at some point they figured that out and it worked really well. I think uh, Ian Thomas ripping off that big play right near the end of the first half really kind of uh, was the first time where we were like, oh, they can move the ball. This team might have a chance to move the ball. And from there it picked up. Uh, I mean, we had uh, DJ got involved a little bit, not as much as I would have liked. McCaffrey got involved a little bit, not, not as much as I liked. But we saw guys like Tremble getting his looks, Ian Thomas. Uh, the ball was moving, and it was it was interesting, I will say. It's not who I expected, where I expected all the touches to go week one. Yeah, we talked a lot about, you know, like maybe some Rashard Higgins snaps. Literally didn't see the field. Terrace Marshall didn't see the field. It's crazy. The only three wide receivers that played were Shai Smith, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. LaVisca Chanel was inactive. I wonder if that'll change now that Andre Roberts is on IR. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it just, it just felt like a weird game plan. I don't know. I wrote about this for sports SI Panthers. Um, I, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say that I wrote about. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I was, where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, it was just weird. Like it just felt disjointed. Oh, what I was what I was thinking the um, snap problems between Baker and Pat Elfline. Oh yeah, it felt like there was just zero chemistry between the two of them. And PFF graded out Pat Elfline as pretty good. He had one of the best like pass block win rates according to PFF and ESPN um, across of all centers across the league and. Having watched the game back a little bit, I mean, a lot of the pressure was coming off the edge, not the interior. So he did a decent job in pass protection. It was just the you know, the snap was <laughs> botched four times between yeah, Baker oh, and Elfline. Yeah, so I wonder how much of that it was Baker being a little squirrely, uh, excited, mm-hmm. adrenaline going. That's that's at least the impression I got, because obviously the edges were crashing quick on Baker, uh, but it, it felt like even on the place where he maybe had an extra half second, second, uh, it looked like he was about to get hit. Get hit the way his body was moving, um, mm-hmm. especially early in the game. It it definitely looked like he was not comfortable under center, um, which is to be expected. New team, big stage, playing your old team. I get it, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that going forward we can see a little bit more of that poised Baker, uh, the one who was running teams off the field in college and even looking really great uh, earlier in his career in Cleveland. Um, Cause there was something to work off of, you know, I honestly left the game with a thought that the offense might be competent this year, which is more than you guys have heard me talk about all lead up to the season so far, you know? Yeah, there was definitely some signs of encouragement in the second half and Baker did move the offense and you and I were texting. He just seemed like you said, more poised in the second half. Felt like the first two and a half quarters, he was just running himself into pressure. He was leaving the pocket a little bit early. His feet were jumpy. He didn't, his footwork wasn't good at all. And he was kind of running himself into pressure. So that changed in the second half. He kind of got a little bit more comfortable, realized that the pass protection was holding up a little bit better uh, than it was in the first half. And that's when he was able to like string some completions together and move the ball up and down the field a little bit. And that, that deep ball to Robbie was beautiful. I saw some people talking about it how was. that was not like a super impressive throw. It was. I mean, he was fading to his left, put it on a line 55 yards downfield. That's not a if, throw that every quarterback in the league can make. If Justin Herbert had made that throw, it would have been all over every football media site on the internet, you know? 
Yeah, that's how Herbert made a similar throw this past weekend, and it was everywhere. I saw it. I didn't see a single non-Carolina person talking about that throw. Yeah, if um, Patrick Mahomes makes that throw, the media doesn't yeah. stop talking about it. Baker Mayfield makes that throw, no one talks about it. Small, <laughs> small market bias, small quarterback <laughs> bias. Yeah, totally. All right, well, let's jump into the upcoming game. Uh, this weekend, we got Giants and Panthers. Uh, what are we looking for this weekend, Matt? What What is to build off of week one, avoid, change? What, what are we looking for here? I'm not looking back to week one. I'm looking back to last year, and I am praying that this does not look like the Panthers-Giants game of last year. Or the Panthers, what, had six points in that game uh, at MetLife yeah. Stadium? That there was a lot of ugly football last year. That was the ugliest Panthers game I watched in 2021. So I'm hopeful, prayerful, whatever you want to call it, that that is not the case on Sunday. Um, looking back at the Giants game from Sunday, I watched a little bit of it just before we started recording. And I'm looking back at their drives in the first half. And it is very similar to the Panthers start. The Giants' first few drives were punt, 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 fumble, punt, Um and then they scored a touchdown on their next drive after that. But, man, it was brutal for the Giants, too. So we're, it's not like we're – the Giants are 1-0. They got a huge road win in Tennessee, but it's not like we're going and facing a juggernaut team. I, I don't think the Giants are a good football team. So this is a very – again, another very winnable game for the Panthers. Yeah, it, it should be, theoretically. Um we did we uh we did see Saquon Barkley take home NFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, in Week One. Uh, looked fantastic. He I think he's already jumped up to uh, he's like top three in like non quarterback Offensive Player of the Year odds already, mm-hmm. and he's just soaring up everything after he's been pretty I would say written off over the last yeah. few years after being touted as the best running back prospect of all time being taken. Uh, second overall, uh, actually just behind Baker Mayfield. Um, just ahead of Sam Darnold. <laughs> just ahead of Sam Darnold, yeah. Which everyone thought was egregious at the time and still has looked egregious for a lot of his career. Uh, but yeah, he looked great. Um, I am interested to see uh, a different defensive look. The Giants have beefed up their team a little bit mm-hmm. uh, compared to the Giants teams we've seen the last two years. Uh, this is a team that... Sneaky talented. Uh, they're, they're a little beaten up already. Their wide receiver room is a little beaten up. Uh, and also Kadarius Tony's not beaten up, but is apparently in the doghouse. But they have a sneaky talented receiver room. They have Saquon Barkley. Uh, they have the the man who I'm surprised hasn't led the league in turnovers compared to Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones uh, over the same time period. Uh, but they have a solid defense. Andrew Thomas looks a lot better than he did when he was a rookie. Uh, I think this is a good barometer. The Browns were a, a decent barometer week one, uh, but without a starting quarterback, that it was never going to be a true test. Uh, now that the week one jitters are out of the way, this is, I think, where we can really get a good gauge uh, and compare off after one other game of how many more games we can expect the Panthers to be in this season. Yeah, and I do expect them to be in this game. I agree with you that the Giants do have some more talent than they're giving credit for. Um I mean, they have their tackles are both, they should be well above average. I mean, Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas is a pretty solid tackle duo. Kind of, kind of feels similar to the Panthers tackle, du- tackle duo, obviously, with having a highly touted rookie on one side and then just a solid guy who's been around for a little bit longer at the other tackle spot. 
Um, but Daniel Jones is obviously the like the the thing that holds the Giants back, right? I mean, he is very turnover prone. He is good for at least one or two boneheaded plays every game. But on the other side of that, he's also an incredible athlete. And you see a play every couple of weeks that Daniel Jones kind of pulls out of his butt that you never expect. Um, he had a long touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard last week. But that was the only explosive play that he created. All of the other explosive plays were Saquon Barkley being Saquon, being prime Saquon <laughs> Barkley. Um, and he had a lot of that last week, which makes me nervous because we saw Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt spend three hours just eviscerating the Panthers front seven. So I am also nervous that a healthy Saquon Barkley could cause some pretty serious problems on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, if, if the Panthers had, had been able to breathe any sort of life into stopping the run game consistently, uh, that game would have been theirs to begin with. And Saquon Barkley is, a one-man wrecking crew compared to two talented guys, so maybe they have a chance if they can slow him down, make him work the field more. Uh, when you have Chubb and Hunt, they have a chance to rest each other out. Uh, so maybe there's a bit of a chance with that, uh, but who knows. Um, they do have a more mobile quarterback, so that's going to be something to, interesting to look for. Daniel Jones, is uh, uh, he, he's sneaky athletic as the as the sports pundits like to say, you know, he's, he's a gym rat. Yeah. He's white. A coach on the field. <laughs> coach on the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but he can run. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, that, there are some interesting mirrors uh, between the teams. Uh, other interesting connections. Coach rule used to coach uh, for the giants back in 2012. He was there. I can't remember what position, but he was an assistant coach of some kind. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Panthers, Ben McAdoo. Uh, was a uh, coach with the Giants from 2014 to 2017 uh, with those last two as their head coach. Uh, and Scott Fitterer was actually a scout for the Giants from 1998 through 2000. Huh. Um, so a long time ago. So uh, all the Panthers brass, the important guys, uh, used to work for this team. Uh, so just a lot of different connections running through. Also, longtime Panthers kicker Graham Gano, uh still lighting up the league just for MetLife instead of Bank of America now. Uh, some interesting connections there. Um, Matt, what do you think some of the keys are going to be this week? Well, what are if you had to give me like two or three things that the Panthers need to do to walk away with the win? What would you say? Yeah, it's pretty simple. I think number one is just get off to a better start. We the Panthers can't have five straight uh, drives where they don't get a first down, basically. I mean, what, those first couple of drives for the Panthers were all negative yards, and then there was a turnover. Uh, and there was a, one drive where there was the roughing the passer penalty that gave the Panthers positive yardage like on the end of it, but they still didn't actually move the ball forward on their, on their own accord. Um, so, yeah, get off to a better start. I want to see the offense come out and look a little bit better. Um, I want to see Baker just like get into a little bit more of a rhythm, kind of like we were saying, get his like get his pocket presence like settled, hit some throws early, and just yeah, move the move the ball like positively is what I want to see the Panthers do early on in this game. Um, get points on the first one of the first two drives, I would say, is one of my first key. Second one we just talked about stop the run. Um, I'm obviously not like a super expert at defensive um, run game schemes, but Panthers got to figure something out. Um, and a lot, I think a lot of what the Browns did on Sunday was nothing that they schemed up like super well. There wasn't 
a ton of runs that Chubb and Hunt had where they were untouched six, seven, eight yards downfield. They were just two very talented running backs. That They're were so breaking. hard to tackle, man. Dude, they I swear they broke a tackle on like if not every run, every other run. I mean, the, I'm pretty sure Nick Chubb has led the league or is very close to the league leader in broken tackles every single year. He the, man is just impossible to take down. The first guy on the Panthers defense never brought them down. That's like basically what I'm getting at. So clean some of that up, and I'm gonna add. A, there's um, the third key that I could say is just no more stupid penalties. I mean, C.J. Henderson yeah. gave up a touchdown, clotheslining Amari Cooper in the end zone. The final drive with the roughing the passer, the missed intentional grounding call on Jacoby Brissett, which I'd never seen before, but that was the second time it happened that day. It had happened literally 10 minutes earlier in the Saints-Falcons game. The, like, did fits. it? I didn't even see that. It did, wow. yeah. I had that game on a second TV, and I I, I can't remember which I think. It must have been the Saints because they were the ones who were like making that furious comeback. But yeah, Jameis got called for intentional grounding when he faked a spike and then spiked it. So whatever, that's in the past. There's <laughs> yeah. a million reasons the Panthers lost that game that are unrelated to those penalties. Um, so yeah, stupid penalties. Keep those off the field. Keep those away. Yeah. Yeah, the penalties was a big one. Watching CJ Henderson clothesline Amari Cooper in the end zone on just an Hail Mary heave by Jacoby Brissett when he absolutely had no idea where the ball was or what was happening. He had no idea that his teammate was about to just catch the ball and run away with it. And he just destroyed Amari Cooper because he well, panicked. Jacoby Brissett also had no idea what he was doing. If you watch the replay of that, he like jumped and just hucked the ball 40 yards downfield. Like he was, I don't know, trying to like win the state championship in Friday Night Lights, like on the last play or something. It was like <laughs> he had some sort of like sports movie montage playing in like the back of his head on that throws. Yeah. That, that was really gross. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and I will say I'm going to come to Brian's defense here. That last uh, drive that, that wasn't roughing the passer, man. Uh, I, I will come to him there. It was still too many penalties. I think they had like eight penalties for 96 yards or something like that. That, that needs to be cut in half to be even remotely acceptable. I get it. It's week one week one. You expect more penalties than any other week. Uh, but honestly, on the other hand, you can make the argument, it's week one. You've been practicing all year, or all offseason. You should uh, maybe be a little extra trained, not as lazy and lax with that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that that is a big one. Another big key for me is going to be, uh, I want to see more uh, creative pass rush uh, tactics. Uh, I know week one, you don't want to show all your cards. You probably want to keep things a little simple. Uh, but the Panthers did not generate a consistent enough pass rush relative to what the Browns were doing um, at the end of the game. I know they were trying to run it down their throats, but there needed to be some more pressure. And I don't think we're going to get that from base formation a lot this season. Uh, the Panthers need to get chin off the line. I want to see some more Luvu moving around. Uh, we need to bring in an extra guy. Uh, Xavier Woods even can drop down and do some stuff like that. Uh, we need faster and more creative stuff. Pull the tackles back and bring the linebackers in. Um, there just needs to be something more creative. Um, I will say, though, the Panthers' defense as a whole looked fine against Brissett, uh, but that's not going to continue. I mean, even Daniel Jones, which is uh, he was known to be a bottom-ish quarterback amongst the starters, is a step up from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so this week they're not going to be able to get away with uh, the things they allowed Jacoby Brissett to do, the things that 
Jacoby Brissett did that bailed them out. I mean, Daniel Jones will still bail them out of a few plays every game, but he's also going to make some plays that Jacoby Brissett couldn't dream of all at the same time. Uh, so there's going to have to be a little more oomph, you know. Uh, they're not going to be able to play it safe, especially with Saquon Barkley uh, ramming it down their throats. They're going to try and build off that momentum. Sure. And I, I think the other key that we – I don't think we've said this guy's name at all on this podcast is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's got to get the ball more. We we talked last week. I thought that he they were going to kind of feed him early and often and kind of ride him until he breaks down. And you rightfully predicted that they were kind of going to limit his touches, which, I again, I did not think was going to happen at all. But, what, he touched the ball. He had 10 carries and four catches. Touched the ball 14 times. 15, if you include that, like, 25-yard. Picked, uh, yeah. <laughs> picked up the fumbled snap and just – Came out of the pile with it, and that that was the big explosive on one of those touchdown drives. Um, but yeah, he's got to touch the ball more, man. You got to give your best offensive player the ball. I and I don't I don't know if that's just more carries. There's multiple times where it was like a second and ten, second and twelve after like a bad snap, and they were handing the ball off to Deonta Foreman or Chuba Hubbard. I'm just like, what are we doing? Like they're if you're handing the ball off to Deonta Foreman on second and 12, you're asking to punt the ball. So got to scheme up some more stuff for Christian McCaffrey, get him the ball in space. We saw it multiple times when he touched the ball on Sunday that he is still good at football. He's yes. He's a little bit injury prone, whatever. Christian McCaffrey is still a slippery, talented football player. Get him the ball. He needs to have, if not the same amount of touches as Saquon Barkley, more touches than Saquon Barkley on Sunday if the Panthers want a chance to win this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, looking at the Giants' front seven, uh, the starters are Aziz Ojolari, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Kayvon Thibodeau on the line, and then Tay Crowder, uh, O'Shane Zimenez, and Austin Calitro. They're not, not necessarily the biggest names, but that's a solid front seven. Uh, they're going to get after... Uh, quarterback and we're going to need those quick passes they're going to have to get creative with uh McCaffrey like you were saying because otherwise those guys are going to start hitting home pretty quick uh, uh Icky has a lot of potential and he also has a long way to go and there's this is going to be not nearly a tough of matchup as a week one Miles Garrett of your career kind of matchup but it's not one where he's going to be able to relax either uh the him and Moten are going to have to pick it up otherwise it's going to be a Another squirrely week. And I think getting DJ uh, the ball more, who also didn't see the ball nearly enough, and McCaffrey getting both those guys, those easy touches early. Uh, mm-hmm. gets, gets them. I don't want wide receiver screens on the first drive of the game or the second drive. I want screens to Christian McCaffrey. I want a little swing pass out to him. I don't care. Get him the ball and give him a chance to run because those are the plays where he had the best chance going forward. Um, but, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens with that. I'm also interested to see uh, – how I, if I'm not mistaken, Adoree Jackson is one of the shadow corners who, who one of the corners who does do shadow work. Am I right on that? Uh, I do not know the answer to that. I would assume so. I mean, I know he is one of the better cover corners in the league, and they don't have James Bradbury anymore. I don't even know who the second corner for the Giants is. So uh, I would ass- yeah. assume. I know they have Adore- Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. I can't remember who the other corner is. Let me look at the depth chart. Uh, it is apparently a guy named Aaron Robinson. Uh, I have no idea who that is, if I'm being sure. honest. Um, but either way, Adoree Jackson is just about the only name that I would generally worry about greatly in that secondary. So find a way to get DJ away from him. Um, he's 
ever since he left the Titans, uh, I mean, he, ever since he was with the Titans, people have known his name. If you can get past that front seven, there's a lot of room to make plays. Uh, Robbie showed more connection with Baker than I was expecting week one. This is a secondary that can be taken advantage of in that regard. Um, so more easy plays early. If we do exactly what we did in the second half, but also just complete passes before that, that's a 30-point offense right away. And if you're scoring 30 points every week, you're winning football games, you know? Sure. But, yeah. Um, so give me two players to look out for this week, Matt. Two players to look out for. Uh, number one, uh, Yitor Grosmatos. Like kind of you are saying, their pass rush needs to come from somewhere. Brian Burns got home a handful of times on Sunday. He was an impactful defender. I mean, you could tell they talked in the offseason about how he bulked up a little bit. There was a couple of, on that roughing the passer call at the end of the game, um, you saw him just bull rush the Browns left tackle right into Jacoby Brissett, and that's when they called the roughing the passer. I mean, Brian Burns is a, a similar to Christian McCaffrey, good football player. Brian Burns, good at football. Uh, there needs to be somebody else. YGM, he saw most of the snaps on the opposite side of the line from Brian Burns. He's who I'm looking at to bring the juice on the in the pass rush, right? Like, but we know what we're going to get from Brian Burns uh, if we're going to be rushing in base defense for a lot of the afternoon. It's got to be YGM who has a big game. Then other side of the ball, um, it's it's DJ Moore. We were just talking about it. I said that Christian McCaffrey needs to see as many touches as Saquon Barkley. I want to see DJ Moore see at least. Eight, nine, ten targets. Ten targets is what I want to see for DJ Moore. He had three catches, forty-three yards on six targets uh, on Sunday. Baker needs to get him the ball. I tweeted out a video of DJ coming. It was one of those series in the first half. DJ came open like a second after Baker moved off him. He was Baker's first read. Um, I think that was at the time of the game where Baker was still a little uncomfortable in the pocket, kind of rushing things, rushing decisions moving off his reads a little bit too quickly. Um, DJ Moore was open. DJ could have had a big game if Baker just kind of stayed on him a, a little bit longer on a couple of reads. So, yeah, YGM needs to bring some juice to the pass rush. DJ Moore needs to get the ball and let your best players make plays in space. What about you? Who are yeah. your two players? Um, I'd say first and foremost, I want to see uh, Derek Brown. I want to see Derek Brown get his way into the backfield a little more this week. Uh, same reason as year, but I know he's better against the run. That's what he was billed as. He's good against the run. That's fine. Uh, we're going to need to see him in Ionitis. Uh, so maybe they can both be my key just as one positional unit. But sure. the in, the interior defensive line, uh, we're going to have to see some juice from them. Uh, that That's just a must. This is a team without a super strong interior offensive line. Now, it's not like a major strength or anything like that. Um, so this is uh, a good week to... Try some stuff out. Figure out what works. Figure out what doesn't. Build some chemistry and get after Daniel Jones, uh, someone who's proven that if you're getting after him, he's going to make mistakes. Uh, and then on the other end, I I need to see more from C.J. Henderson. Uh, he's going to play big snaps this year. It looks like he's going to at least. Or, uh, he, but the way he's playing right now, that's not going to last. Uh, there was a couple flash plays that looked nice, uh, but there was also some just absolutely looking lost out there. Uh, he was in the wrong place a couple times. The, obviously, the egregious penalty, uh, just kind of losing his guys. And that is a guy who the Panthers are going to need to lead on. Uh, they're not generating that pass rush currently. 
and that is a guy who's playing some talented receivers this week, especially depending on who's healthy for the Giants. Um, he's going to have a tough matchup. There's no receiver to hide uh, him against this week, and so he's going to have to step up, uh, limit those plays early, make Daniel Jones get to a next read. Uh, that, that's my other player to watch. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I I feel like I didn't hear anything about Dante Jackson on Sunday, which is a good thing. I feel like he just had a solid game, was completely invisible out there, which is what you want. And PFF grades came out. Take those with a grain of salt, obviously. I'm not a big PFF guy. Um, but Miles Hartfield, I'm pretty sure, was the highest rated defender on the Panthers. So oh. a guy that could eventually take some slot corner snaps from CJ Henderson. I like Miles Hartsfield. Again, good football player. He's like should had some good games on tape last year. Got it hurt at the end of the year. I'm if I'm not mistaken and didn't play towards the end of the season, but another good football player. A guy that could take some snaps from CJ Henderson as the year goes on if we see more of the same from Henderson on Sunday. Um, so let's get into a couple of these prop bets before we give our prediction uh, for the game. Let's go with the quarterbacks first. Um, Baker is actually his. Uh, you can get better odds on Baker throwing an interception than not. Is minus one twenty five to get an inter- for Baker to throw an interception on Sunday, which is interesting because Daniel Jones is favored to not throw one. Um, all right, whatever. Baker Mayfield over under two hundred and sixteen and a half passing yards against the Giants on Sunday. For reference, he threw for 235 against Cleveland last week. Um, I think about 235 is about the number I was thinking in my head before I heard the line. Uh, I'm going to say over because I'm expecting some more passes to McCaffrey this week, and I think that's where that baseline uh, rises a little bit. So I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll also take the over. I I don't think that first half is indicative of the way the Panthers are going to play offense the rest of the year. I think it'll look hopefully more like the second half. I don't think they'll obviously don't think they'll score 17 points every half the rest of the season, but that that's going to be more of what they look like. I think. Um, okay. Christian McCaffrey over under his, his line has dropped to a hundred uh, rushing and receiving yards combined. So it was actually 101 over under 101 total yards for McCaffrey. In my head, I was thinking like 65, 38 rushing and receiving. Uh, so that's like right in line right on with, it, yeah. about those numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I will take the, uh, I will take the over this week after taking the under last week. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are going to get out to such a deficit as they did this past week. So they'll have a chance to establish a little bit more with McCaffrey before uh, heading to maybe some more passing later in the game. So I'll mm. take the over. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the under on McCaffrey. I say he needs to get the ball early and often, right? But I think a lot of that will be on the ground, and we'll see DJ kind of be the recipient of uh, some of the, like the receiving yards boost this week. Saquon Barkley, his over-under combined rushing and receiving yards is at 103, if I'm doing my math correct. I am. So, yeah, over-under 103 total yards for Saquon Barkley. Uh, considering he was the offensive player of the week last week and the Panthers looked like doo-doo against uh, uh-huh. Cleveland, I, I think I'm going to, I feel pretty safe taking the over. Yeah, I agree. His rushing total is at 74 and a half and that feels 
maybe about 15 yards too low. <laughs> so yeah. with the way the Panthers run defense looked and how good he looked last week. Um, let's go to Robbie Anderson. 39 and a half yards is his receiving prop over under that. He would have been under that if not for that 75 yard touchdown. Not that you can take that away from him, but yeah, um, I am going to go with the under this week. Uh, every time you say a player's name for one of these, I have a gut number that immediately pops into my head, and it was 33 for him. And mm. I am going to say under. I feel like McCaffrey and DJ are going to be more intentionally mixed in, uh, like I've been saying this week. And I think that means that just fewer deep shots for Robbie. Every week it's going to really come down to does Robbie score a 70-yard touchdown uh, on whether or not he hits his overs. And I don't think that I would bet on it this week. Yeah, that is fair. I will also go under uh, because DJ Moore's line is set at 54 and a half. And I am definitely going to take the over on that. Uh, like I, said, I think the Panthers are going to get their better players the ball this week. And I think it's going to start with DJ Moore. And I gut feeling he breaks a long reception this week. I don't know if it's going to go for a touchdown, but I'm just picturing in my head DJ Moore <laughs> running through. Like, yeah, manifesting him just running past some defenders um in MetLife Stadium on Sunday. So yeah, I mean, 50, 54 so. and a half. What do you think? Uh give me 154 and a half. I'll take the over. 154 and No, I'm half. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just no, saying no, I'm, I, I, I like it. No, I again I think it's just more one of those weeks where they have to get him the ball more. They have to build that relationship. Mac if if McAdoo doesn't, then there's an issue there. Coaching malpractice. So I, sure. I expect to see the over. Sure. Uh, okay, let's go to some game totals. Over under for the game is set at forty three and a half. Both. Ooh. Yeah, that would have hit the over in the Panthers Browns game, and that would have been just under in Giants Titans last week. So forty three and a half. Uh, I will take. I'm picturing a score in my head right now, and then doing the math. Uh, that is. I'm going to take the under. I uh, I feel like it's just going to generally, even though both these teams are probably uh, have a higher floor than some people give them credit for, I still think it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, I There will be some turnovers. It'll keep the game moving a little bit. Uh, it could quickly mm-hmm. exceed it in a hurry if there's too many turnovers. But uh, I'm going to say both teams are going to lean on their running backs, and that'll keep it a little low. Yeah, that's something I wish we would have talked about earlier was the Panthers got owned in the field position game on Sunday. Like every drive they were starting inside their own 25. Yeah. And the the whole first half, they were just never able to flip field position. And that was just miserable. Um, and I, I could see that being the case on, on Sunday for either team if there are a lot of turnovers, yeah. which could is maybe to be expected with these two quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to take the over on that because... I am going to tell you that my final score prediction is a 24 to 20 Panthers win. Panthers are plus two on the line. So my final score prediction, Panthers win 24, 20 ugly game. I think there is some scoring uh, because of turnovers, like a late charge, but I get kind of looks a little look similar to the Panthers Browns game where teams are scoring in the fourth quarter. Um, ugly to start turnovers to start. Offenses kind of find their footing as the game goes on. Panthers win 24-20. That's 
they obviously cover the two-point spread, in my opinion. What do you got for a final score, and who do you like on that line? Uh, you kind of stole my thunder there. I was My line is 23-19 Panthers. Uh, so you got me by a point mm. each way. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm a similar score. Uh, this this feels like a Daniel Jones takes a safety kind of game. Um, and that, mm. that's, what I, that's what I'm feeling. So that's where I get the weird 19 number from. Uh, but yeah, similar score. I think I think the Vegas point total for the game is pretty accurate. Um, so right around yeah. that ballpark is good with me. Yeah, and it looks like it, the Panthers were, when I saw it on Monday, they were plus one and a half. It's been bet up to plus two, so it feels like some people are betting money on the Browns. Um, all right, before we go, let's bounce around the league a little bit. Um, just kind of pick some other games like we did to end our podcast last week. Let's start with, in the division, Buccaneers are two and a half point favorites on the road in New Orleans. Uh, Buccaneers are two and a half point favorites. I will take the uh I'll take the Saints to take that. Give them the two and a half points, and they'll run with it. Jameis for MVP. Yeah. New Orleans has been a house of horrors for the Tom Brady-led Bucks, and I don't see that changing. Uh, Weird line. Would love your thoughts on this. Patriots on the road in Pittsburgh. The Patriots are two-point favorites. No. (laughs) No, no. Right? No. (laughs) Right? I don't see it. Uh no, yeah, no. Steelers pretty comfortably. That might have to be my survivor pool pick of the week. Honestly, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's that. If that's my, my underdog of the week is Steelers money line. If you're going to get them at plus odds at home against the reeling Patriots, uh, not a ton of good games this week. But we'll stick in the division. Falcons are plus ten and a half on the road Ooh. against the Rams. You know what? The, the Rams. Don't say it. No, I would say the Rams are going to be a team where people are people are going to say two and a half is too much. I'm taking the Falcons. No, the Rams are going to win by like twenty seven. So yes, okay, good. That's that's what I was hoping you'd say. I, agree. I now I will I say a... Matt Stafford's arm is concerning to me. He had absolutely no juice on his throws last Thursday. So if we see more of that, this is a potential trap game. Like, oh no, the sky is falling. Uh, but. Honestly, there shouldn't be a reason they have to even prove his arm strength this week. Uh, feed Darrell Henderson, feed Cam Akers, and move on. Yeah, I was defi- I gotta give them some credit. The Falcons didn't look bad for the first they three really quarters didn't. of that game, and I'm high that. on the Saints this that year. Was- so it, I was very shocked to see them playing so close. Yeah, I've been a Marcus Mariota guy for a while, so I was happy to see him play well. You would um, be. Let's go back in time. I. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No, I've just I've always loved him. I don't know why I've been a believer uh, for a long time. But go back in time. We'll do three more games uh, very quickly. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are four point favorites on tomorrow night, Thursday night. You'll probably Thursday when you're listening to this. So tonight. Uh, the Chiefs had the more aesthetically pleasing performance, but I'm not sold that the Chargers are not the better team. I feel pretty good taking the Chargers on that line. Mm, okay. I would take Chiefs minus four because I wholeheartedly believe that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. We can talk about that in a later date. <laughs> um, one more game, actually. We'll skip Titans Bills. That's not as interesting as maybe it would have been last year. Uh, Vikings at Eagles on Monday night. Eagles are two point favorites. That's a fun game. Is that I'm the NFC Championship preview right there? 
that is a 2017 NFC Championship rematch. Yeah. Uh, Case Keenum, Nick Foles. Again. I, I forgot about that. That was a wonderful game. That was I. Now you're, you're a Marcus Mariota guy. I have been a huge Case Keenum guy for absolutely no reason for so long. Um, that was my one of my favorite years to root for a random you underdog. Would I would be. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but I actually really like both these teams this year. The Vi- The too. Vikings are fun with Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell has the right offense for the job. Uh, J-Jets can't be stopped. A.J. Brown can not be stopped to a slightly lesser degree. Uh, Give me the Vikings. I I think the Vikings are going to be one of those dumb teams that, like, they start the season, like, 11-0, and they're definitely not 11-0 good, but everyone's like, oh, how good are the Vikings, you know? That's Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling right now, and so I'm manifesting that into a a good win this weekend. That's fair. It was, what, like, 2008? I don't know if you remember this. The Titans started out like thirteen and zero or something crazy that with Kerry Collins playing. It was the same year the That's Panthers what... and the uh, the Panthers and the Titans both started undefeated through a certain number of games, and it was like go and go, and then the uh, the Titans ended up winning That's more. The... Yeah, and then that was the Jake DeLome five turnovers at home against the Cardinals playoff. Yeah, that was, that was... Um, I'm gonna take the Eagles. I... I've always had a soft spot for the Eagles. I don't know why. I first there's something weird about me that is like a Philadelphia sports sympathizer. <laughs> I love Joel Embiid. I'm like a. It says it in your Twitter. Sixers bio. are my. And it, yeah, and he, my head, my Twitter header is Joel Embiid hitting the game winner in the playoffs last year um, against the was the Raptors. Mm. Um, whatever. I'm I've, for certain. I like the Eagles too. I'm a huge fan of Howie Roseman and everything that the Eagles do in a roster building sense so give me the eagles minus two they're my pet team when the panthers suck um hey that's all we got we will look forward to getting back on the horn on hopefully sunday night uh to recap everything that happened in new york new jersey for the panthers on sunday um ian final thoughts you got anything for the people before we go uh over under six and a half fumbles this week between daniel jones and baker mayfield combined what do you got Okay, I just wanted to even just bring up that it was a question. All right, yeah, that's all. Good night, folks. <laughs> it's it, the fact that I had, I had to even think about it says a lot about these two quarterbacks. Um,